welcome to the One Stop Strategy Podcast on the ASM Podcast Network. My name is Luciano Calamante, I'm your host, and alongside me today is David Benes. And a new addition to the podcast, coming off the big one and the road to the top, is Anton Greskiff. Uh, welcome, Anton, to the podcast. How are you doing? Hi, Luciano. Hi, Davide. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm great. I'm very happy to, to be here, to be a part of the One Stop Strategy Podcast. And it's a great way to start things off with the first race of the 2021 Formula One season in Bahrain. It was pretty interesting. I think it's a great race to start this season. Not so much drama, but still a lot to talk about. So I'm just looking forward to have a great conversation with you guys. Absolutely same, Anton. And Davide, how are you doing, man? Thanks, Luciano. I'm doing good. And uh, welcome, Anton. Uh, great to be back. Finally, Formula One 2021 season started. And yes, as Anton said, many points to to, to talk about, so I guess we can we can start. And to uh, regular listeners, you can see that Max is not with us today, but he will make it in the next one, so don't worry. And let's begin then. Uh, we had a really interesting weekend at the Varian Grand Prix. Uh, we saw, well, we were able to see the real performances of the car. That, you know, we, we had a really uh, interesting pre-season as well, but of course, uh, nothing in pre-season is really representative of what you're going to see uh, on a real Grand Prix and well we got a few surprises uh, on qualifying Max Verstappen got pole position uh, with Mercedes struggling to keep up with the base of the of the Red Bull and also uh, we saw some uh, problems some uh, struggle uh, from uh, Mercedes in in terms of handling in, in terms of car control especially with Bottas so I want to ask you guys uh, what do you think about uh, the qualifying in general, and also about the the pace, you know, the, the fight between Red Bull and, and Mercedes, which at this moment seems like Red Bull is ahead. Uh, so, Anton, we can start with you. Well, from my standpoint, there were no big surprises in qualifying if we talk about the top steps of the standings. Max Verstappen was very quick in testing. He was really confident with his car, and he was in the top of the standings on the top of the standings in all three free practices and uh, he took the pole position by quite a good distance and uh, like four tenths of a second it was really huge if we, if we talk about Mercedes I was really surprised to see Sergio Perez out of the Q3 seeing uh, uh, Sebastian Vettel out in Q1, but overall, I think that qualifying really showed us the order of the teams. And uh, yeah, definitely Red Bull and Mercedes are going to be title favorites this year. That's a period, I think. Both teams are well prepared, they've had great sessions, uh, testing sessions, and uh, barring Grand Prix, they've had a good off season, and uh, they're pretty close to each other and uh, the race weekend showed it and the race itself, the Bahrain Grand Prix showed that so I'm anticipating to see more from those teams in terms of championship battle in the next races. Alright, I agree with you and Davide, what do you have to say about qualifying and the and the base we're seeing with Red Bull and Mercedes, which as Santos said, is not really a surprise that those two are on the top. But it came as a surprise that Mercedes is struggling quite a lot to keep up with the balls this year. Yeah, so it's not a surprise to see those two teams on top. And yeah, it's 
quite strange to see Mercedes struggling, but still they are they are on top again. Uh, Hamilton won the race. But talking about qualifying, um, yeah, I I think everyone expected to see Max on pole. Uh, he did a great lap. Uh, even though Mercedes improved from the Friday to Saturday with the setup, um, I mean Max was was on another planet, full tens, um faster than Hamilton. And yes, it, it's not going to be easy for Mercedes this year to to uh, defeat Red Bull. Also, if if Perez can find the pace and qualify higher, maybe can also outscore Bottas because uh, uh, yeah, Bottas struggled a lot more than Hamilton. And yeah, overall, uh, I think a uh, good job for Ferrari. Uh, they uh, they did a great job in the winter. Also, Alfa Tauri, McLaren. Um, yeah, as Anton said. Uh, it's a pity to see Vettel outside the out, uh, being uh, knocked out in Q1, but uh, maybe will uh, he will do better when he you know adapt to the car in the future. So we'll see. But uh, the fight on top seems quite uh, interesting this year, and not one, just one team, but maybe Red Bull and Mercedes can fight until the last race. Yeah, and moving away from the top, we also had uh, the midfield, which is pretty close, as we saw. Uh, and I want to, to see your thoughts, guys, on the Milfi, you know, McLaren, Alfa Tauri and, uh, and Alfa Romeo as well, and all of those uh, teams that uh, really, that are really close, uh, that seems to, they were they, they are going to deliver a really close battle this year. So, uh, Davide, what do you think about the Milfi teams? Yes, this year is going to be even uh, an even great greater battle in the midfield. As you said, Alfa Romeo recovered a lot, also thanks to the new Ferrari engine. Uh, Ferrari, as I said, uh, closed the gap with McLaren, uh, even though the uh, English team seems to be the, the third team of the in the standings. But yeah, we will see. Also, Ferrari will bring new updates. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, Charles Leclerc did a great race, uh, as well as Lando Norris. Uh, and while Sainz and Ricardo struggled a, li a little bit more with the new car, and um, great performance from Alpha Tauri as well, especially in qualifying with Gasly. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the midfield battle will play, will uh, the outcome of the of the battle at the end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting indeed. And and Anton, what do you think about it about the midfield? Well. The midfield has been the crown jewel of Formula 1 for quite some time lately. We saw that in 2020, in 2018, in 2018. And uh, the trend will continue this year because a lot of midfield teams are really strong. McLaren with new Mercedes engines and a great car with great drivers. They are probably around third or fourth best team in the standings. Ferrari are making their comeback from... Last year's struggles, uh, Charles Leclerc was doing a great job yesterday and uh, Carlos Sainz also, I think, pushed him himself and the car to the absolute limit. Alpha Tori, I think, one of the biggest surprises. They are really fast with their Honda engines and Yuki Tsunoda is actually one of the guys who impressed me a lot. The first driver in the 21st century to be born in 21st century to be a Formula 1 driver and scoring points in his debut and overall AlphaTauri were around the top 5 
for a lot of occasions already and uh well yeah i deeply anticipate as well and i think it's going to be very interesting to see how the midfield battles will process and uh, who knows maybe those teams will fight for podiums or even race victories at some occasions it's, it's going to be thrilling i think and um i think it's going to be a spectacular battle in the midfield and uh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I agree with you guys. The midfield is something uh, definitely to keep an eye on this year. And now let's move on to the race, uh, the Rain Grand Prix itself. Um, well, before the race, actually, Sebastian Bertzel got a five grid uh, drop penalty and three penalty points for ignoring uh, double yellow flags during qualifying. In Q1, uh, Nikita Mazepin spun, I think, at the turn one, it was, I think. And, um, well, there were double yellows and some of the drivers uh, coming at the line had to cancel their laps. For example, Esteban Ocon, who was ahead, but looks like Sebastian Vettel didn't or he wasn't told. And, well, the stewards awarded him uh, uh, a five-place drop penalty, which dropped him to the back of the grid because he qualified, if I'm not mistaken, 18th, I think. And, yeah, well, that dropped him uh, to the back of the grid. However, he had a really yeah, great start uh, for the race, uh, which we had a really interesting uh, pre-race because on the formation lap, uh, Sergio Perez with his new Red Bull, he had issues and his car stopped at the start of the track. Uh, but he was then able to restart the car and had to start the race from the pit lane. So he lost his position on the grid. And we had an additional formation lap, of course, because the start had to be aborted. But, well, we had a great start of the race. Sebastian Vettel recovered quickly six places. Uh, and Charles Leclerc was quick to overtake uh, Valtteri Bottas because he he had a, a better start than him. But the green flag didn't uh, last long as Nikita Mazepin spun in turn three and crashed into the uh, barriers. But anyways, guys, uh, I want to... I want to see your general uh, thoughts on the race overall. You know, with the with the start, uh, with the recovery from Paris, the battle between uh, Hamilton and uh, Verstappen, and the controversy uh, with track limits, which some say Hamilton should be penalized because he uh, abused the track limits for over thirty laps, uh, and then Verstappen was told to give up the position when we uh, when he overtook uh, Hamilton at the end. Uh, with the four wheels of the uh, track, I think. Uh, so yeah, I just want to hear what you guys think of the general overall. We can start with Anton. I think uh, yesterday's race was a great way to kick the things off in 2021. Well, it's it was not like a pure chaos race uh, as we saw some of them in uh, 2020, in 2019. We saw the races which were nothing but chaos extremely chaotic it brings a lot of emotions but i think it's great to start this season like on on a moderate uh tempo and i think the barring grand prix was this exact race sergio perez was the driver of the day and uh, i absolutely agree with it he was the driver of the day indeed he was nearly retired from the race before it started with uh, his engine going off. And then he started from the pit lane and got to the top five, which is a huge result in his Red Bull debut. And, uh, well, I think this is the driver Red Bull were looking for all these years after 
Daniel Ricciardo's departure from the team, a strong second driver, and um, yeah, I think that will give Sergio a bit more confidence because that was really a brilliant performance on the track where he won his first and only at the moment Formula One race. Speaking about Sebastian Vettel, to be honest, Sebastian was one of the drivers who really disappointed me, though. I really wanted to see him on a, with a great pace, uh, uh, at a great uh, position in his Aston Martin debut, but, well, everything went wrong in the qualifying after uh, ignoring double yellow flag, starting from the rear. He had a great start, he moved up six positions instantly but then he just seemed to lose the pace and uh, that incident with Esteban Ocon was like the the quintessence was like the conclusion of uh, his race weekend pretty struggling race weekend because he was not in the top 10 in any of the five sessions so um, yeah it's a pretty disappointing start for Sebastian Vettel and uh, Aston Martin as a whole, I think. And, uh, well, yeah, the big controversy that um, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen moment, that overtake of the Dutchman several several laps before the race end. Well, I think that, uh, well, Max really overtook Lewis abusing the track limits he was off the track and he made the pass there so penalty well so uh i think there was no other thing to do rather than to let lewis go but uh, well i think that lewis should have been penalized at the same time because uh well he 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 went off the track at the turn four for 30 laps there, there is also video evidence and like when you do this three times all right that's good but the next time you get penalized but when you do this 30 times i think that's unacceptable and uh, lewis should have been penalized five or ten seconds that's my point of view but uh well it is what it is uh, the race is over and uh, lewis hamilton is the winner and Avile, uh, what do you think about the race in general and about the controversy between a uh... Verstappen and Hamilton. I really enjoyed the race. It was a great first Grand Prix of the year. Um, many drivers uh, exceeded my expectation, actually. Uh, for example, Lance Stroll outscored his uh, teammate Sebastian Vettel, and as Anton said, it was a very disappointing um, start for him. Um, okay, in qualifying, maybe you, you, you can have problems with the double yellow flag, but then also during the race, I didn't really understand the strategy of Aston Martin and then his mistake. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't the best way to start the season for him. Um, I hope he can he can do better in the, in the next races. And uh, yes, also I, I liked the, the race uh, that Alonso did until the problem he had to, to his break. I mean, uh, as first race, he was doing a great job. Um, and then, yes, about the controversy, if about the controversy between uh, Hamilton and Verstappen, I agree with that, with Ant, with what Anton said. I mean, okay, Verstappen exceeded the, the track limit uh, while overtaking uh, Lewis, which is uh, against the the regulation. So um, it was it was right to give him back to to give the position back. But honestly, if I were in Red Bull, I would finish the race. By uh, I would win the race and then discuss it with the with the stewards after after the race. Um, 
but yeah, uh, they said that uh, the the stewards said to 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 Verstappen to uh, give the position back, so they did they did that anyway. And yes, Hamilton exceeded track limits many times, twenty nine or thirty times. And I mean, if you do, as Anton said, if you do that two or three times, that's okay. But I mean, I think someone said that he was gaining, he gained six seconds overall, which is a great amount of time. So I think a penalty for him was also good, even though the, the regulation said that the track limits at Tour 4 weren't going to be monitored. But I mean, I did that several times and he gained a lot of time. So uh, the drivers were also asked to uh, do anything possible to avoid exceeding the track limits. So I think a penalty was uh was the right thing to 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 give him it was right to give him a penalty but anyway the race is over and Hamilton won and he proved to be a seven time world champion because he didn't have the fastest car yeah i agree with you both uh, in terms of the controversy i think um, uh, the fact that Max Verstappen has to give up the position to Hamilton after what happened uh is fair uh, and it should be like that but i also agree that Lewis Hamilton should be penalized for exceeding the track limits 30 times <laughs> so yeah anyways now let's focus on uh several drivers uh, davide the first one you mentioned was juki sunora he scored two points on his first race in formula one and his first race with alfa tari so i want to i want to ask you uh, what do you think about his debut uh, uh, weekend overall and what ex expectations do you have for yuki sunora's next season I mean, I liked his his debut with AlphaTauri. Um, maybe they um, they didn't uh, choose the right strategy on uh, on the qualifying day, uh, and therefore he qualified only thirteenth. But then, uh, after a difficult start of the race, he recovered well. It was only his first race, but it's it seemed that uh, he was very comfortable with the car, and uh, he did he did great. He, over, he did many overtakes without causing any problem. And uh, and took two points, uh, so I, I have high expectations uh, for him. I I think he, he will he will have a great season. It's not going to be easy against against Gasly because uh, he's a he's a very fast driver. But that Tsunoda and Gasly can score a great amount of points this year for Alfa Tauri, and uh, yes, I I think they will have a great year. Yes, it looks right now, it looks like Gasly and Tsunoda are going to be a strong team for uh, AlphaTauri. But anyways, Anton, what do you think about Tsunoda, his debut, and what expectations do you have for him? Well, I quote, I'll quote uh, Yuki Tsunoda when, when he passed uh, Fernando Alonso. Wow! Like, I think the word uh, to describe Tsunoda's performance for me is wow, because... Uh, he, he was really... He felt himself at ease. I think all the, all the testing that he has had with um, uh, AlphaTauri in late 2020 really paid him off he really felt himself great in the car he he was confident yeah he was slower than Gasly on um, short laps and uh, well but he got the points he got two points and well he really had great moves on uh, Lance Stroll for the ninth position uh, on uh, Fernando Alonso and uh, he called that move pretty emotional for him and uh, like I can understand that and uh, well he was really he was really comfortable I think he didn't feel that much pressure 
I think he, he really did well with uh, all that pressure to cope with. He was not that nervous, of course, like he said, he was nervous at the start using all those swearings. But after that, I think he found the rhythm and um, he really impressed me a lot. Uh, great performance and, uh, well, it's only the start of his, I hope, brilliant Formula 1 career. And uh, I expect uh, great runs from him in this season and having Pierre Gasly as already probably the mentor, the team leader who, I don't know, who does magic with AlphaTauri because, uh, I don't know, I don't know what is so special between this duo, but Pierre Gasly and AlphaTauri, they are like, I don't know, they are dynamic duo, it's a power couple, as we should say. They are really, they really do great things. They won a race and they had podiums. Uh, so this combination is going to be explosive and is going to be one to watch. Uh, I absolutely agree with you, Luciano. I agree with one of you guys. Uh, well, if we know for Pierre Gasly, it was uh, a pretty bad race. He had contact with, I think it was Daniel Ricciardo from McLaren. And uh, that, I think, was uh, is what caused the second safety car for the recent track. Uh, and I think Pierre Gasly finished 17th, so no points from him uh, for this race. But, uh, but I think we'll see this strong Gasly we know uh, on the next race. Uh, anyways, let's move on. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Um, we really see uh, he's uh, struggling with it, the Mercedes. He, uh, I think, in practices, he spun a lot of times, and he had a, a lot of uh, sorry, he had a lot of lap times deleted as well. Uh, so uh, in the race, he also struggled to keep up with the top two, which obviously are Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, his teammate. So I want to see what do you guys think is happening to Valtteri in regards of how much he seems to be struggling uh, controlling his uh, Mercedes machine. And we can start with Davide. Yeah, so not the best weekend for, for Valtteri. Um, Lewis Hamilton once again beat him. I uh, struggled a lot on, on Friday. He also said uh, in a team radio that the cars were undrivable. Uh, it's quite strange to hear that from a Mercedes driver in the hybrid era. Uh, but yeah, it, we, all, we all saw that Mercedes was struggling. Uh, however, Hamilton proved to be the champion he is. Uh, he didn't, as I said before, not uh, not the best car, but he won. Uh, while Bottas uh, was very very far behind Max and 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 Hamilton. Okay, Mercedes also uh, struggled during a pit stop, but anyway, um, he would have ended third anyway. Uh, yes, he did the fastest lap, but with low fuel and uh, new soft tires, so it was easier for him to do so. Uh, but yeah, he, he wasn't nowhere near the, the top two uh, during during the Bahrain Grand Prix. Um, I mean, usually in the last two years, Bottas started very strong and then he, his performance dropped a bit. So maybe this year he can be a little bit more constant uh, um, after the start of the of the of the season. But yes, it's uh, Mercedes need him uh, in a top form if they want to challenge Red Bull for the for the um, uh, championship this year. Yeah, maybe we see the Bottas with Nobu backwards, <laughs> just improving in, in, instead of decreasing. But anyways, Anton, uh, what do you think about Bottas' performance this weekend? Well, the car is a factor in Formula 1. It has always been, and Mercedes clearly doesn't have 
that dominant car as they used to uh, in the past years and uh, well it has become better between uh, the Tassin and the Bahrain Grand Prix and uh, Lewis Hamilton is probably the clear evidence he, he he stated that the car progressed and he was pretty comfortable and content with the car but it but that uh, Valtteri Bottas was not the one who supported Lewis Hamilton he really struggled a lot with this car so probably it um, somewhat somewhat similar to Sebastian Vettel's struggles in uh, Ferrari in the recent years uh, the car had very unstable rear part of the car and Vettel just struggled and, uh, because he liked to have like a heavy and stable rear end of the car but uh, he w did not have that in Ferrari and that's why he struggled a lot in the past years and probably something that does not fit Bottas's style is uh, is in that car something that does not give him the confidence to push to the limit and like we saw the onboards of uh, Valtteri Bottas doing uh, corrections having oversteers in literally every corner he, he had to do extra job with his steering wheel to, to keep on track, not to spin out, not to go into the wall. He was really fighting with that car, and that's why he lost precious tenths of seconds. He had his lap times deleted several times in a row, and uh, that's why he was off the pace in the race. And um, yeah, I think there is a lot of work to do for himself and the team to work on the car to find out what is the reason behind all those struggles and well they have quite some time before Imola to fix that but uh, for Bottas I think he will not waste any time he will spend all his time possible to work out on on what's wrong to improve and to get into the title contention all right and you also mentioned Sebastian Vettel there uh, he, well, as we said, he had a difficult weekend and then one uh, a big controversial moment in the race is when he got into the back of Esteban Ocon at turn one. I, I don't remember which lap. Uh, he, Betel said that Ocon moved on the breaking point, but to be honest, I didn't see that. But uh, Ocon was just taking in the corner and he was ahead. Then Betel went into the back of him and, of course, he sent, uh, he sent Ocon spinning and then got a... Uh, 10 second time penalty, I believe. Um, so yeah, I just want to ask what you guys think about that incident. What do you guys think about the fact that Vettel blamed Ocon for it? Uh, so that'd be like, we can start with you. Um, yeah, it was very similar to the crash between him and Max Verstappen in 2019 at Silverstone. Uh, he blamed Ocon for, I think, moving under braking, but I, I don't know if later he said that probably it was his own fault. Uh, which which I think it was it was his fault and then uh, it was handed ten seconds penalty. Um, he completely lost. Uh, I mean, he completely uh, lost the breaking point and yeah, it just crashed into him and then they they spun. Um, yeah, not not the best start as we said for the German. Is um, is living a difficult moment in his career right now and Aston Martin should be his revival. I hope he, he will. It will get better. It will get better for him. Um, he's a four-time world champion, so we we cannot say he's not he's not good. Uh, but that mistake was, um, yeah, not the one of a rookie driver, but a pretty uh, 
stupid if we can say that so um, i hope uh, sebastian will find uh, more pace with his with his car yeah but i'll did say he was it was probably he didn't admit it yet but he said it was probably his fault uh, after the race uh, anyways uh, team principal of uh, aston martin said that uh, He doesn't care so much about the mistakes, but it's happening because he's still adapting to to the car and the teams. And he said he's getting there. But anyway, uh, Anton, what do you think about it? Well, um, speaking about Vettel's claims about Ocon moving under braking, that's totally unre- non-relevant. Uh, Ocon did not move from my standpoint. I think that, you know, that was like emotions when you're behind the steering wheel of the car and fighting for a position and having an incident like this, you know, something something switches in your head and you say that. So I think that was like probably from his, probably from battle standpoint, it was really like Ocon moved, but watching all those replay angles, it wasn't the case. So uh, probably, probably that really was what Vettel believed. But uh, in fact, it wasn't, and uh, yeah, he he admitted that he, it was his fault. After the race, he came to Park Forme and apologized to Esteban uh, about the incident. Uh, so, um, well, that's that's Sebastian Vettel. He he's a true gentleman, I think, in the sport, and he always apologizes for whatever he does wrong. Especially now, as he has a lot of experience and he's not that fiery, because like, yeah, like eight years ago, we can remember that multi twenty one story. But since then, Sebastian has really been a generous uh, man, and um, he, he he if he knows that he has made a mistake, he will apologize, and that was what he made, and that was what he did to Esteban Ocon, and uh, well. Uh, Sebastian said during the weekend that he was still getting used to the car and uh, like the uh, braking and uh, the overall concept of the car would be the most crucial parts for him to understand, to get used to during the race weekend. And he was still learning, I think, during that weekend because uh, SM Martin's car is still pretty similar to Mercedes, a low-rate car, and that's why they both struggle uh, quite a lot so far in the season a low rate car and uh, all the airflows are changed and um, the braking and all that stuff is completely new for Sebastian who has been in Ferrari since uh, 2015 so he has been there for for six seasons and uh, it's pretty difficult to get used to something new after six years of of other um, style of of the car So yeah, he has mis- misjudged his um, breaking point. I agree with Davide. Probably that was because of a toe, of a slipstream, uh, that changed the breaking point. He needed to break a little bit earlier, but well, he didn't. So um, yeah, it, it was Sebastian's fault. He got the penalty, but uh, well, that didn't affect the race flow at all. There were occasional yellow, yellow sectors in 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 turn one and they were both outside of the top 10 if i'm not mistaken so they didn't change the course of the race much but still um was not a pleasant experience for both drivers so um that's that's my standpoint of uh, that incident all right now moving on on to ferrari uh 
Uh, Carlos Sainz uh, finished eighth on his debut with uh, Ferrari. He scored obviously uh, four points uh, for this career. Uh, David mentioned uh, this topic as a mediocre start for uh, Sainz in Ferrari. But Sainz actually said that uh, he felt very confident and very fast with the car. Uh, he obviously is still adapting because his McLaren last year is very different to what he's driving this year. But but yeah, he said he feels good and that he's happy with his first result. Uh, so yeah, I just want to see your points of view, guys, in regards of Ferrari this uh, weekend and also of Carlos Sainz particularly this weekend as well, so we can start with that today. I liked the Ferrari weekend, to be honest. Um, we all saw that they improved a lot during the winter, and uh, that's the right path to follow. They will bring new updates, upgrades to the car. So it's, um, yeah, I'm happy with it, with the weekend. Uh, Charles Leclerc did a great qualifying session, and uh, also during the race, uh, it was P5 until the end when Perez overtook him. So... That's a um, very nice start for, for them. Uh, I, I described Carlos Sainz's debut as mediocre because um, he didn't really attack those dri- the drivers in front uh, until Fernando was, was battling, until when Fernando was battling against uh, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was his first race, so it, I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's comprehensible. I mean, uh, he still did a great job finishing where he started in P8, uh, and now his his journey in Ferrari will just be much easier, I guess. Um, you know, it will be more comfortable with the car and also with the, with the team, so he can perform very very well, and maybe he can also be faster sometimes than than his teammate. Um, so I mean, it was a normal start, a normal debut for him in my opinion, but uh, I like what Ferrari is doing. Uh, compared to last year, of course. That's a happy Fossey right there. <laughs> and Anton, uh, what do you think about the uh, Ferrari weekend and Carlos Sainz this weekend? Uh, I think that Ferrari should be proud and happy of themselves uh, with the way they've started the season. I think that was, from my point of view, that was a faultless weekend from them. I haven't seen any like problems, huge significant problems they had uh, regarding of... Uh, the position they've been in, there were no problems with strategy. Well, the car definitely is not the championship contender and they are far from the title fight. But I think, uh, well, Ferrari have always uh, told that uh, 21 is not going to be an important year for them, 22 is going to be too. But um, from what I've seen in Bahrain, the season is going to be pretty good for them. I think they will be in contention for third, fourth place in the championship, which will be a little bit of a, de- of a, of a redemption after a dreadful 2020 season. So I think Ferrari had a calm, nice weekend without any mistakes, which is really important for them, probably far more important than the results. It's really crucial to, to find the rhythm to, to set up the team to work as a mechanism as a as a unit because that was not the case in the past years and that was the reason of their failures and now they seem to work like a team like one team without no dri- without driver one and driver two they're working as a team which is extremely important and that's how the championships are won speaking about Carlos signs 
yeah, it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't very bad, but it's I still think he could have done more in that car, but uh, still he also was struggling with that SF21 car in testing. He was trying to find himself um, at ease in that car in Bahrain, and uh, yeah, there were no significant mistakes or misjudgments from him. Uh, he drove to P8. Uh, I think he wanted to be even higher up the standings. But P8 is a nice calm start for the campaign, and uh, I think I think he will do even better in that car because uh, well, I think the team believes in him. I think believes the team believes that uh, he can deliver good results, and uh, that's important for a driver. So um, I think that. Uh, Carlos uh, will also have a, a good season with uh, great results, and uh, I think we will see him fighting for podiums. Not so sure about race victories as well as Charles Leclerc because uh, it will be quite difficult with uh, with Red Bull and Mercedes up front and all other teams in the midfield. But still, it's going to be interesting to see how Ferrari will uh, cope with this season regarding all the circumstances from the past. All right, great. And now let's talk about uh, Fernando Alonso. Obviously, he's coming back to Formula 1 after two years outside of the sport. He, of course, during his uh, time outside Formula 1, he participated in the Ragadali and Endurance events, and of course, the Indy 500. Uh, he, com- he came back to Formula 1. Uh, he had, well, I mean, I'm going to ask you guys about his weekend, but he had to retire from the Grand Prix <laughs> because a sandwich wrap paper got stuck on his uh, rear blade duct and that caused high temperatures so they had to retire the car that's a really to be honest that's a really dumb uh, way of retiring <laughs> i know saying it's invalid but damn what about luck to to retire just because of a sandwich rubber uh, anyways guys i want to ask you about uh, fernando alonso's uh, weekend and we can start with anton uh, well, yes, that's retirement. It's a real shame to retire because of sandwich wrap. That's that's not the way you want to restart your Formula One career. So it's pretty, it's pretty uh, gutting. And uh, Alonso is not the first one to have such problems. Uh, Sergei Sirotkin had this back in 2018 in the first race of the season as well. But uh, well, it was it wasn't uh, well. I think that Fernando was right around where I expected. I didn't expect him to be like already fighting for, for the wins, though he labeled himself as a better driver than Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, but still, it's Alpine, and um, I was not so sure about them. And um, I've, I knew that like Fernando is a top-class driver, so he won't be in the back of the field. Uh, Honestly, uh, watching at the practices, I didn't expect him to be in the Q3 actually, but he did that and he had a nice run in the Q3 and he had a good run in the race. He was uh, he was outscoring, outbeating his um, teammate Esteban Ocon and I think he would have scored the points in that race if not that sandwich wrapper. So uh, I think a good start for Fernando. And, uh, well, let's wait to see some more action from him in the future. And, Davide, what do you think? Uh, to be honest, I expected Alpine to be faster uh, overall. Um, but it doesn't 
seem to be like that. And speaking about Alonso, I mean, they, I think he did a great job, um, both in qualifying and during the race. Uh, he was fighting for, for points. Maybe at the end of the race, he wouldn't have scored points anyway. So uh, I don't know. But yeah, retiring for Sandwich Trap, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a strange thing, but it can happen in Formula 1, actually. Um, yeah, uh, what a pity for him. He was doing great. Uh, but I think he will he will score points in other races. Uh, he proved to be fast, even though he's been out of the sport for two years. And uh, yeah, Alpine is not the fastest team, as we've seen in the midfield. But in some races, uh, I think if they can do everything correct uh, and maybe if some luck assists them, they will, they will uh, score points, both with Alonso and Ocon. Uh, so, yeah, I think as a debut, uh, apart from the retirement, everything was, was uh, almost perfect for, for Fernando. All right, and to close things off uh, with the race, uh, let's talk about McLaren. They have their uh, lineup this year. They have Landon Norris and new driver coming off Renault, uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, I want to ask you guys what do you think about McLaren this weekend? You know, everyone was hyping McLaren up. And, you know, both team drivers and Zach Brown denied or played down that hype, saying don't expect that much from us. Don't expect uh, us to be at the top or mixing with uh, Red Bull. And Mercedes, and I think that's great. They have to be realistic. So, what do you think about uh, McLaren guys? Uh, let's start with David. Yeah, everyone was hyping them up, um, but we—I mean, we didn't see anything special from them. They just did what they what they had to do. Norris uh, did a great race and finished before. With Ricardo, considering it was his first race with the new team in P seven, I guess. Yes, P7, I think he did a good race too. But both drivers and Zach Brown were uh, did, the cor- did the right thing to, uh, you know, calm everything, everyone down and say, yeah, don't expect much. Because, yes, uh, they can't really fight for, for the podium probably. Uh, but surely they can be either third or, f- or the, f- the third or the fourth team on the, on the grid this year. Uh, we will see if they will bring up upgrades to the car or something uh, but yeah overall they just proved to be very fast but not as fast as Mercedes and Red Bull uh, if they will score points maybe it will be because something happens uh, at the front but yeah, I mean the, considering where they were three or four last three or four years ago they're doing great uh, probably 2022 will be even better for them but yeah as a as I said, good start to the season. Uh, both drivers scored out of points, so that's the, that's the right path to follow for them. All right, and that's everything for our race review. Now, let's talk about the upcoming race in Imola. Uh, it's the Formula One Pirelli Grand Prix of Made in Italy at the Emilia Romagna. I hope I said that right. <laughs> uh, it's going to happen on the 16th of April through the 18th. It's going to be three practications, qualifying and race, the usual format. So don't expect anything different here from spring races or anything like that. Um, so yeah, uh, let's just start predictions then. It's going to be at Imola. It's coming back uh, for a second year. As you know, Imola uh, came back uh, last year uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic and now uh, is on the 2021 uh, calendar again. Uh, so yeah, I just want to see what you guys expect to see uh, next uh, 
the next race weekend in Imola. And I want to hear your predictions for that Grand Prix weekend. And we can start with Anton. Uh, well, um, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Imola is way too different track from Bahrain. Uh, it's pretty narrow, so there are not so many overtaking opportunities. Though we saw uh, several interesting moves in last year's race. But still, uh, track position will prove to be crucial. And that's why strategy will be even more important in the race much more important even much more important than in bahrain and uh well i think we will not see that many significant changes in uh, in the grid i think that uh, red bull and max verstappen in particular and mercedes drivers will be around the top three all the time and uh, they will be the favorites for a race victory so i think i think that max verstappen might get his redemption from yesterday might win that race in uh, Imola but it won't be easy because uh, I think Mercedes will try to make this car e even better to match Red Bull at least because they ho they believe that uh, they are slower than Red Bull so uh, that's that's what I think about the top teams uh, in the midfield I think this is going to be a packed battle as always and to be honest it's difficult to predict which team is going to be on top in the midfield but I would say that is going to be either McLaren or Ferrari. From Ferrari it will be good to finish on the podium probably or even in the, or in the top five. In Italy it will be a great way, a great way to start the season for them and uh, well speaking about the rear of the field also not so many surprises Williams and Haas are going to be the back markers as uh, probably for the entire season. So uh, yeah, interesting weekend. We have to wait for three weeks, so a lot can happen between those three weeks. A lot can change, but I think that uh, this, the order that we saw in Bahrain would be repeated in Imola. It is common practice on this podcast from last year that each one of us uh, gives the the top three, <laughs> like who's going to win and who's, who's going to be second and third. And I think also the NF. So Anton, go ahead and give your top three. Uh, yeah, it's like my second time being here, so it wasn't too much familiar, unfortunately. So um, top three, I think Verstappen, Hamilton and Bottas. Uh, I don't think that will it will be <laughs> different from yesterday. And uh, well, about DNFs, I think, uh, yeah, it's... Must have been. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, one of Haas cars, probably. But, um, well, the driver, I think that is going to retire from the race. I don't know why, but I think Lance Stroll might be DNF'd. And, uh, well, I don't know. And Nikita Mazepin, I think those two drivers will be DNF'd. So those are my bold predictions for this weekend in Imola. Oh, boy, Mazepin is going to be the favorite for DNF this year, I remember. <laughs> Uh, Bahrain Grand Prix, chances for must have been spinning out on the first race. I said 19%, turn 3 is spins and crashes. <laughs> I yeah, still have that money in that. <laughs> it was a lot of spins from him. He, he struggles with the car, but who knows? We'll see how it goes in the next races. All right, and definitely what do you expect uh, uh, from Imola uh, and the next race weekend and give us your prediction as well. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, to see the Imola Grand Prix in, in three weeks. Uh, yeah, as Anton said, I think that the packing order will be probably the same. Uh, I, I expect Ferrari to be faster, actually. Uh, I guess uh, Bahrain wasn't 
their favorite track. Um, so I think in Imola they can challenge McLaren probably. But we also have to see where the others are. Um, on top, I see, of course, Red Bull and Mercedes. And yes, uh, Williams uh, and Haas uh, at the back of the grid. Um, speaking of predictions, I think Verstappen will win the race with Hamilton in P2. And actually, I think Paris will, will be th- the third driver on the podium. Uh, while Bottas, I think, is going to be P4. And I expect Charles Leclerc maybe P5. So if, if he can achieve that, it's going to be great for Ferrari to get into the top five uh, in Italy. And, and then, yes, McLaren behind uh yes and then uh, probably alfa alfa romeo can can be in the top 10 as well uh, speaking of dnf yes i would go with mazepin as well and uh, probably ocon and latifi i don't know i have this feeling of uh, i have this feeling so i think those two will i don't know dnf either crash or maybe technical problems and uh, your predictions Luciano? Uh, in the NF, obviously. <laughs> nah, but, but, but I think top three is going to be Verstappen, uh, Hamilton. Uh, and it's really interesting you, you choose Perez, but I'm going to go with, with Bottas as well, as Santon said. I don't know, I just see those top three is going to be at the top for Imola. So yeah, that's my prediction. And Mazepin is going to spin on lap one to one and he's going to retire. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, anyways, uh, guys, I think that's everything for this episode. I don't know if you want to add something. Well, from my point of view, well, just like I said in the beginning, Formula One is back. I'm really happy. This is the greatest uh, time of the year when racing comes back, when the queen of motorsports is back. Seeing all those cars on the racetrack is an incredible feeling and uh, it's only the beginning and uh, we'll have 22 more races, hopefully, because, you know, unfortunately the pandemic hasn't stopped so yeah hope we will have all those races as scheduled and uh just looking forward for a great show yeah i can only agree with anton uh, finally formula one is back and uh, it's great to be back with the podcast so thanks uh thanks for this opportunity once again and uh, yes that's it for, for today i guess yeah indeed it is amazing to have formula one back the podcast and and everything i know i i just love covering this sport with you guys it was a huge pressure always well, that's everything for today's episode of the One Stop Strategy Podcast. Remember to follow us on social media at ASN Motorsports and also read the latest news on our website, asnmp.com. We cover Formula One, its support series, NASCAR, the World Endurance Championship, and a lot of more racing. So you have everything on our website to keep you updated and entertained uh, on your favorite racing series. So thank you very much for listening today. I hope you have a great day and see you for Imola in the next time.